0: There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc.
1: Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and as you heard, it's been a Sandstone of activities here as the NFL is back. In fact, even if you're not a Minnesota Vikings fan, you can hear that famous call. a I'm Spencer, the Wizard Grossinger, and I'm and Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we're here to break down NFL football, 2011,
2: baby. Free agency has just gotten started. It's been a free agent frenzy, and appropriately, we came into today's show with the song "Sandstorm" because it really has been a sandstorm of of effects. Uh, of domino effects, really, with these players going across the league. It's time to break it down.
1: Well, we'll start off with our hometown Eagles. I think they did very well getting rid of, I shouldn't say getting rid of, of course. It wasn't like taking out the trash, but they did take that flabby armed quarterback, Kevin Cobb, and He's only going to get paid a cool sixty-three million dollars from the Arizona Sucker <coughs> <soccer, coughs> Cardinals. Excuse me, in return <laughs> to Dominique Rogers, Cromarty, <laughs> as well as a second-round draft pick. What is your? Analysis of that particular transaction.
2: Well, it looks like they're growing corn on the cob in the Sonoran Desert. The celebration has begun as Arizona will be looking forward to another six and 10 season with their new quarterback, Kevin Cobb. Um, you know, really this, this, this trade was, um, this trade had the making of, um, of going on for weeks now, and the Eagles waited it out appropriately. And I believe that they got a great deal with the second-round pick. We knew that Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie, the young, the younger brother of Antonio, was a solid player. But for them to get the second-round pick, really did a solid job and a great trade for the Eagles. And for Arizona, you know, Kevin Cobb, uh, you know, I think he'll get the starting job, and uh, you
1: know, we'll see a lot of uh,
2: short frozen in Arizona this year.
1: Speaking of throws bouncing into the turf, this segues nicely into our next free agent acquisition. Our guy, Mr. Throw-Up in Crutch Time, of course, none other than Donovan McNabb. He certainly has been uh, downgraded over the last few years. There was a somewhat of a controversy in Philadelphia when he was traded last year to the Washington Redskins. <laughs> and now it looks like he just got traded to the Minnesota Vikings for... Let me see. What is that? A, a bag, bag of hockey pucks? Exactly. A bag of hockey pucks. So, Spencer, what do you think about it? looks like Leslie Fraser is certainly going to take in the disenfranchised quarterback who, of course, was upseated by the future Hall of Famer, Rex Grossman, in Washington last year.
2: Well, McNabb also has to beat out a, a future Hall of Famer in Christian Ponder. Uh, you know, do you think that uh, Ponder is already a Hall of Famer? We'll, we'll see. Um, and in Minnesota, uh, uh, you know, really in in reality, I I, I believe uh, Donovan McNabb. This is a great fit actually for him. Uh, you know, there's a, they have a veteran team. They have Adrian Peterson, the best running back in all of football, the most consistent running back in all of football, and just the best athlete in the game. Um, so that's easy. Just pick up the ball. Hopefully, he can handle the snap and uh, and uh, manage to hand the ball off to Peterson. Um, but the biggest hit for McNabb, of course, is Sidney Rice. I mean, this is a huge deal for him going to Seattle. He has just lost one of you know one of the most up up and coming wide receivers in the game, you know, a huge six foot five, you know, span span to uh to throw the ball to and uh and that target, you know, with him leaving, you know, it's just Percy Harvin. I don't know if he's made out to be a number one. He has to, you know, uh, I don't think he's consistent enough and he's a little undersized. So, um, with Sidney Rice leaving the number one, the big, you know, the big receiver who can uh, come up with third down conversions, they're gonna, that, that, that's a huge hit for McNabb in the offense for sure. But, uh, he could definitely mentor the rookie, uh, Christian Ponder, who, you know, I actually think can have a solid career. I was kidding, uh, earlier with those comments. Um, and so, you know, uh, Washington got a pretty bad deal though If you look at Kevin Cobb The Eagles got a second round pick And Cobb hasn't really proven anything McNabs, you know, on the route To maybe becoming a Hall of Famer And he's one of the best quarterbacks Ever to not win a Super Bowl So um, Washington Just with a poor negotiating job In my opinion Well
1: let's take a look here Who wins out in Boston Obviously The psychotherapists they're going to be busy. Their phones are going to be buzzing it up. They just got the double trouble team of Mr. Chad Ocho Cinco and Big Boy Mr. Albert Fat Albert Haynesworth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> The main question for the New England Patriots and Albert Hainsworth is, will he pass the physical test? How many physical tests will it be? I mean, the, the, the biggest debate right now going on on the East Coast is, whether I will pass my driving test next week, or will Albert Hainsworth be able to Pass his physical test in under five tries. I mean, seriously, you got Albert Haynesworth. He is Mr. Controversy. He is Mr. Sit on the sidelines and eat his Dunkin' Donuts and not care about going to work. He's just taking his money as it comes. His contract is still loading. He's loading up the Benjamins, and then you bring in Chad Ochocinco, who's all talk, and at his and at, and at his age, he's really. <laughs> He really doesn't have a lot of walk. He's pretty much all talk. So it's interesting that Belgium has now got the two stooges coming in, and it's unbelievable that New England would sign both of these guys. Uh, it's gonna make for an interesting gel in the locker room for sure.
1: Well, you know, one thing about this flurry of free agent activity is you really can't be surprised about anything, and. Uh, we remember Plexical Burris had a great career in Pittsburgh. He had the winning catch and the touchdown in Phoenix for the Giants. And it looks like they're doing it about-face. It looks like both the Giants and Steelers are leading the road to get Burris. Whereas originally he came out, he was talking about coming to the Eagles. There's also controversy in Philadelphia with uh, Deshaun Jackson, who's making, you know, I think everybody can agree at $560,000 a year, he's grossly underpaid, and he deserves a renegotiated contract. So he's going to be a holdout at Lehigh for the Eagles, and we're going to see how it plays out. Uh, A lot of people believe that, uh, uh, certainly if you read the philly.com, I'd say half the post talk about a guy named Joe Nichols Banner. And I'm not sure exactly who that is. Probably the president of the Eagles who uh, has been known for taking a hard line stance. Well, let's talk about uh, plexigo Burris
2: first. For the New York Giants, the pros and cons of going back to the city – you, you, everybody knows about the crime that happened in New York and how Mayor Bloomberg came down on uh, Burris. I'm sure he still has that in the back of his mind. But most of the team in New York is exci- is excited about the idea of a re of a reunion or uh, or excuse me to get reunited with with Plex again. Um, Justin Tuck said said set out to Burris. We'd love to have him back. Michael Strahan, however, he's retired, but he said for for Plex go to to go back would be a great distraction for the team. So New York is about, I'd say, sixty percent in in favor of wanting him back, and forty percent in not wanting him back. Uh, the meeting with Tom Coughlin coming up will be a huge factor for for Burris in, in where he decides to go. With, with Pittsburgh, Byron Leftwich is actually a great friend of Plexico Burris. And they they've played together before, and Byron Leftwich is actually one of the few NFL players that has that has gotten the chance to work out with Burris, and he said he is running his routes really crisp. And, and Byron Leftwich has obviously made his pitch to Burris about coming to play for the Steel City, and and the success that comes along with being a Steeler. Of course, going uh, to to the Super Bowls in the last two seasons, Pittsburgh is at the mecca of the NFL. Uh, Mike Tomlin is a very cool, calm, and confident young coach. So, uh, I believe. Well, Burris wants to go back to the New York Giants, and I believe that the Giants will accept him back. Um, even though Pittsburgh is more in favor of Burris coming to, to uh, Pittsburgh, there's not a lot of doubt and there um burris has made it clear that he wants to go to the giants so uh as a giants fan myself plexico burris to the giants would be a great uplift for the team they've really been struggling with his absence they haven't been the same team since when he's left um so 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 that's um you know i think burris will probably end up in new york uh if the meeting goes well with tom coughlin
1: another interesting uh we're talking about rags to riches, people who uh, get turned upside down. We could look just a few years ago, Vince Young, who carried the team on his back to the NCAA championship, clearly had ups and downs also on the all-psychiatric team in, uh, the, for the Titans, was outright released, and all signs are pointing to Philadelphia right now that they're that the Eagles would be able to get him for a good price, He doesn't expect to be a starting quarterback in the league. We know that Andy Reid and Marty Mortigweg like the idea of a mobile quarterback. And frankly, in my view, Fitz Young really never got coached up for the Titans. And for him to be an understudy of Vic, as well as working with Reid, I think he could be a very serviceable backup. If you look at the list of backup quarterbacks around the league, it's not a very uh, auspicious group. And in fact... The Eagles have been blessed. If you look at them for the last couple of years, their backup quarterbacks have been the best in the league with Michael Vick and Kevin Cobb, although all kidding aside, uh, you know the, the, they were able to step in and win games. So it looks like we're talking about hardships. There's a lot of free agents who are just outright being released. Certainly for the Eagles, surprise is Stuart Bradley, you know, who, is, who is really an up-and-coming young linebacker. Unfortunately, he was plagued with a series of injuries. A knee injury took him out one year. He had kind of a freak injury where he dislocated his elbow and missed the rest of last season. And essentially, our punter, who is f- famous from the Australian act Outback, Mr. Sav, again, big boy Raka, looks like he's taking his talents somewhere to New Zealand. Uh, could you share some of the other free agent acquisitions? We talked about Hasselbeck yeah, and some other ones. Yeah, right.
2: Matt Hasselback going to Tennessee. Matt Hasselback has just been a great service for the city of Seattle, and I'm sure that um, see, Seattle's going to miss having him around. He, he's going to Tennessee. That's a great fit for him. He could get his he you know, he could get a new uh, a fresh start there in Tennessee, a fresh slate. He's got Kenny Britt to work with. But really, I look at this as a great chance for Jake Locker to just be a sponge and to soak in the information that Matt Hasselbeck will be telling him. Matt Hasselbeck is a proven veteran quarterback in the NFL, has led Seattle deep into the playoffs. Of course, we all remember last Last year's miracle game where he tossed four touchdowns and, you know, Marshawn Lynch's amazing run versus the Saints where they upstaged them at Quest. And then going to the Super Bowl in 06, uh, playing the Steelers um, with Sean Alexander at the helm with him. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck is a proven veteran and, and Jake Locker is one of my favorite, you know, quarterbacks. And, and he just he just has athletic tools, and and he really he looks like he has a good head on his shoulders. He's a great kid, and for Matt Hasselback to uh, to show him the way, it, it could be great. He could become maybe comparable to uh, to the great Aaron Rodgers, maybe in a couple years. Um, also Ashamoir right now is a huge question mark where he will end up. It looks like Houston is the front runner in the sweepstakes. They have the most money to offer him, which will probably be around the range of 12-13 mil a year. Um which for this economy and for the market in the NFL right now is still very high for a cornerback. Um, so, so Houston, you know, has a great deal. They're a team that is always on the brink of making the playoffs. Every year I say, oh, Houston, this might be their year to crack through. They were kind of like Green Bay before Green Bay took that step last year. Um, just on the cusp in the AFC South, always falling short to Indy. But, but then you got, um, but then you got on the other side, you could go to New York where you will take less money, but where you will play with, uh, with Darrell Revis who who is the, you know probably the best corner it will be the the first and the second best corner if you have Revis and Ashamoah you know on both sides of the ball that will just be unstoppable he might be the missing piece in the puzzle to get to the Super Bowl so i believe Heaver takes more money and goes with Houston or he takes the Super Bowl route and, and goes with the likely favorite
1: this year the New York Football Jets and Rex Ryan we know how Rex Ryan likes to blitz. So, if you can imagine what it would be like for him to be able to pin his ears back and just go ahead and attack full bore, knowing you've got two locked out quarters. Certainly, uh, the Jets are a premier team, one of our favorite teams. Certainly, a popular team across the country. So, this is just the beginning of free agent frenzy. I wanted to thank you, Spencer, again for your insightful analysis. And the rest of the show is going to be quite good. We're going to be talking to Dr. Joseph Fernandez about heat stroke and heat exhaustion. And also there's going to be a segment relating to low back injuries. How do you treat them? And how do you diagnose them? And that should be very uh, insightful because in our listening audience, probably about three out of 10 people are suffering with low back pain as they listen to our show today. So in any event... This is the end of our first segment, and fasten your leather helmets. We're going to have a wild ride.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you are listening to bruce the sports doc with dr bruce grossinger if you have a question or comment about today's program please call in at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to Bruce at Bruce the sports doc.com. Now back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc.
1: We're dealing with a very important area now, which will be injuries to the low back. This can relate to your sports injuries or other types of trauma, such as falls at work or car accidents. This is an area of extreme expertise for Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. If you are within driving distance of the sound of my voice and you have a low back problem, whether it be a disc, whether it be a spinal cord injury, whether it be a car accident or a work accident, please call us for consultation. 610-521-6063. Again, I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Let's start out with... The types of injuries in the low back. I like to think of three different main injuries in the low back that are serious. Number one, injuries to the discs. Okay, and they include bulging, protruding, or traumatic discs. That's when the inner core, which is the nucleus pulposus, essentially ruptures and breaks through the outer part, which is called the annulus fibrosis. Excuse the latin. And what happens when a disc breaks out is it moves into an area where a nerve lives, a nerve root. In Latin, the word root is called radic. So when there is a disc problem or a bone spur which presses into a nerve root in the spine or alternatively, if there is a tremendous force, particularly a flexion and extension force to the spine, that could actually tear or partially tear, the nerve cables. The nerve cables are oriented such that there's an inner cable, which is like the inner part of a wire, that's called the axon, and there's an outer cable, which is called the myelin. So, we've talked about different injuries. One, disc injury, that's one type of injury. Another type of injury is direct trauma to the nerve, stretching or pulling. If the nerve actually gets pulled out of the spinal column, that's called an avulsion. That leaves somebody with a flaccid limb, either an arm or leg, and total weakness. A nerve root avulsion, regrettably, is a very serious problem that's very difficult to treat. Another problem with the lumbar spine is called the facet syndrome. That is, the interconnecting joints are called facets. And in the same area, there are little nerves called Mediate branches. And what happens is, there's injury to those joints and those nerves, and there's usually multiple levels of injury. So our treatment usually involves treating multiple levels, a three on average. So when you have a patient that comes in and tells you, I have back pain, morning stiffness, and you examine them, and they have over overlying the facet joints, that's what we call a facet syndrome. When Tiger Woods injured his neck last year, He did not herniate a disc, but he had a cervical facet syndrome. He required treatment for that problem and eventually recovered. So when we think about it, we look at the back. In the midline area, we see midline discs and nerves. We also think about the facets, which is a vertically oriented group of multi-level nerves and joints. Finally, in separate and distinct, something called the sacroiliac joint. When the pain is either on one side or both sides, unilateral or bilateral, and when I put my finger right on what we call the dimples of the back, otherwise known as the sacroiliac joint, the posterior superior iliac spines, and there's extreme tenderness there. Or alternatively, if there's unleveling, when I look at it carefully, if one of the sacroiliac joints is way higher than the other, I think about something called sacroiliac joint syndrome. Sacroiliac joint syndrome. How does it compare with the other entities? It typically does not radiate down into one or both legs. It's not radiating in character. It's not a radiculopathy. That's the lat word. Also, it's usually in a different area. It doesn't go up the spine. It doesn't affect multiple levels. It basically is such when you put your finger on the SI joint, there's pain. And there's also two other tests called the Patrick's test wherein you do a maneuver to the hip and the leg, and also something called a Lasegue's test, which is another provocative test we do in the office. When those tests are positive, they can support the diagnosis of sacroiliac dysfunction. Well, how do you treat sacroiliac dysfunction? Number one, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, myofascial treatment, even general manipulation, either osteopathic manipulation or chiropractic manipulation. And also, we do both diagnostic and therapeutic injections. In the operating room, we do this in neuropain specialists. We take a needle, we place it down an x-ray beam directly at the SI joint, and we inject a powerful anti-inflammatory and local anesthetic agent. When that relieves the pain, that's a positive diagnostic test, and there's also a therapeutic component. We usually do up to three injections in the sacroiliac area. Okay, let's go back to diagnosis number one. Disc injuries, lumbar root injuries. How do we treat that? So how do we treat herniated discs? Number one, at the core is a good clinical exam. There are rare cases that represent true surgical emergencies. When somebody has an acute injury to their disc, They herniate it, and they develop an inability to pass urine, or they develop constipation. That is a true emergency. That indicates the likelihood of a spinal cord involvement, or what we call a cauda equina syndrome. That's a big word in Latin. Cauda equina relates to the horse's tail. In that case, we send them to an immediate surgeon who usually does a decompression. They remove the disc with or without a fusion to stabilize the spine. That's unusual, however. 95% or greater, we start off conservatively. Anti-inflammatory medicines, muscle relaxers. Physical therapy, rest, stretching. Second-tier treatment, we do epidural injections in our office. That means in an operating room, we place a needle at the level of the disc, above or below it, we inject corticosteroids, local anesthetic agents, We usually do two or three of these injections over a period of four to six weeks. In our hands, the epidural injections have a seventy percent chance of significantly impacting on the patient's problem. They don't remove the disc, but they usually can induce a relative remission and they allow the patient to continue their activities. So, review disc injuries. Unless there's a true surgical emergency, we use physical therapy, medicines, injections. We also believe gentle mobilization, which can be done by a physical therapist or can be done safely by a chiropractic physician, are very important tools in the treatment of lumbar disc injuries. We talked about sacroiliac dysfunction, pain in the butt, literally, and These problems are treated by medicine, mobilization, and injections directly to the sacroiliac joint. The way we do our injections, we use a special x-ray machine called a fluoroscope. So we have actual pictures of the needle. We can see where the medicine is going. And we can follow that up and we can share that with the patient. I believe at the core of the treatment of low back injuries is good communication, interaction between the doctor, and the patient. And again, we can see low back injuries at a host of scenarios. We can see them from car accidents, work injuries, and particularly in the sporting environment. Oftentimes, it's a twist, it's an acceleration, it's a deceleration, it's a slip and fall. We see it a lot in the wintertime. Black ice, head over heels, I landed on my back, and when they come to us, we have to decide whether it's a serious neurological injury. Another class of back injuries are the non-serious variety, what we call the simple strain and sprain, soft tissue injuries. These injuries get better, typically at four to six weeks. They require no formal um, injections or surgical treatment. They often don't require even CAT scans or MRIs. They usually get better with rest, anti-inflammatory medicines, something called a Medrol dose pack, which is a methyl prednisolone pack over five days, gentle physical therapy, chiropractic care, and time. So if it's a simple low back strain, they get better. However, we see so many patients who are told by their doctors or by whomever, don't worry about it, you have a simple strain. They go ahead and they get evaluated, they get a careful exam by a neurologist, we find they need MRIs, and it turns out that they fall in the other category of the more serious big three, lumbar disc injuries, nerve injuries, that's one category, lumbar facet injuries, and sacroiliac injuries. We're going to reinforce this particular discussion on future dialogues with you, the listener, at Voice America Sports. This concludes this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I will continue to help you journey through nerve land. Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I thank you so much for listening. He's a five ball deep right field! Thought goes O'Neill! He's upset! Got it! With 2.8 seconds He's left! to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here!
0: From high school to the pros, we, we, cover everything. we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger NeuroPain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the Amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610 521 6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610 521 6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportstalk.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the newest
1: segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're going to get back to our usual friend, the closed head injury, the concussion. I'm here with an actual live patient. We'll call him Steve S. We like to maintain his confidentiality. But Steve is a very wonderful guy who had a very bad thing happen to him. In May of this year, he was involved in an accident where his head was jolted around. He had an acceleration and deceleration and he suffered a severe concussion. Steve is with us today, and what we're going to hear from him is his experience with respect to his symptomatology. And uh, he he has participated in impact testing and he's noted a host of symptoms. So firstly Steve, I wanted to welcome you to the program. We're here on Voice America Sports, and you know me as Doctor Grossinger, but I'm Bruce, the Sports Doc. I wanted to say, Steve, welcome to the show. Uh,
3: thanks for having me. Um, my my experience has been that um, I uh, I have trouble um, recalling uh, what you what I, I might have been doing in conversation, or what I've read, or on. Even what I'm supposed to do without making lists and reminders and things like that. And then, uh, just the headaches have been really bad to the point of causing me to be nauseous or even vomiting it sometimes. Um, I, I get dizzy sometimes and the injections help for a little while, but, um, I, I, uh, I'm kind of suffering kind of. This has been going on for a while, but, um, I'm hoping that as time goes on, uh, that things will improve. Well, I wanted to thank you for that initial description of
1: your symptoms. Looking at your impact score, Steve, um, you're very symptomatic, as you indicated. Some of the biggest problems relate to your headaches, your nausea. Uh, You've been having difficulty with processing. And And I want to also... What I, what I try to stress is certain areas, headaches, cognitive processing, and sleep are areas that are very difficult. And I wanted to talk, have you tell our audience a bit about your
3: sleep problem. Um, I, I, I have another injury that causes me uh, problems as well. But I've had uh, the biggest difficulty with just getting to the onset of sleep and then... When I finally do sleep, it's 4 or 5 in the morning, and I'm back up helping my wife get the kids out the door. And uh, then I'm sleepy during the day, and uh, it, it, it's it's kind of a vicious cycle where it, it um, I, I feel like I'm not um, able ever to really catch up, I guess. Steve underwent
1: impact testing, and this is very instructive. His first impact test post-injury... Was on six twenty nine two thousand and eleven, which was uh, six weeks after his concussion on May sixteenth. His initial scores with the various composites were literally in the one percentile for the four parts, which were verbal memory, visual memory, his motor speed, and his reaction time. So his cognitive efficiency index was point oh six which is considered a low score, and that it was below .2. He had some time, some treatment, and essentially a month later, which is 729 2011 today he has gone up in sub areas dramatically. That is, his verbal memory has gone from 1% to 11%. His motor speed went from 1% to 5%, and his reaction time is up to 4% still in the borderline area which is lower than so just to recap he spontaneously has improved and that is often the case with concussions but he's still in some ways in the low normal range and his biggest problem is with visual memory so as far as him being able to read and retain that would be a tough area also we talked about his headache so how have we treated his headaches We've used some occipital injections, which means injecting him in the back portions of his head. So, Steve, tell us a bit about your response to the injections.
3: Um, The the injections help for um, a little bit of time. Usually, I've had them like once a week. And by the time I come back, it's it's time for another one. Um, Usually, a lot of the times I've... uh, uh, aggravated things with some of the physical therapy that I'm doing for uh, my shoulder injury and just kind of uh, moving my neck the wrong way. Um, but it, it does, it, it helps considerably in stopping the onset of the headaches.
1: Now, I think it's important for the listening audience to realize that before your concussion, uh, and, and of course now you're still a very intelligent guy, but your job is, to do various consultation things, and that involves having to multitask to deal with people, to be articulate. And since your concussion, I know that you're frustrated about how you're performing. Could you tell us a bit about your what you're experiencing f- from the concussion, how it impacts whenever you try to do something resembling your prior work?
3: Well, um, I I did some technical transfer work um, in the for the pharmaceutical industry. But my primary job was a, as an AP chemistry teacher, and um, I, I, since May 16th, I, I was unable to focus and um, do any of the work. And so I have been out on on long-term disability. I didn't teach summer school, or um, um, I haven't tutored anyone over the summer. Just until until I uh, kind of recoup my uh, my ability to focus on. What I need to do. Well, I think that relates directly to how
1: we're treating Steve. Uh, we talked earlier, actually last week, about how there are no medicines that have been studied long enough at Waldoff well that have been shown statistically to help people with concussions. So what we're doing now is a peer treatment. Uh, he is getting a combination analgesic for his headaches. He's receiving occipital injections. Just to let the audience know, these are injections at the interface between his head and neck. And what we're doing is we're also prescribing something which is a neurostimulant, which is called Adderall, and we started him off on 10 milligrams because I'm really concerned. Here's a guy who's a high-functioning guy who's done work in the past as a consultant who's basically totally disabled from working as a chemistry teacher. So here's a really bright guy. And any of you who remember high school, and I being a doctor, I can tell you chemistry is certainly one of the most complicated areas basically it really takes into account a lot of visual spatial ideas. It also has a lot of mathematics. It's really a lot of mm-hmm. algebraic formulas and physical formulas. There's a lot of physics and chemistry. You can't really, you can't really understand chemistry without understanding physics. Really, so here's a guy who whose job is to teach, you know, uh, adults, teenagers, kids, chemistry, and he just can't do it. You can imagine how frustrated he is. So, firstly, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue with some of the discussion, but. I want to thank Steve for participating in the show. Thank you so much, Steve. You're very much welcome. Thanks for having me. So we've got Steve on his way. But I think it's very important for you to realize that concussions don't play favorites. They happen to everybody, young and old, every race, every creed, every color. And people can start off being extremely intelligent and accomplished like Steve. Some people start off. Unfortunately, they might have some pre-existing problems like a learning disability or attention deficit. And you can imagine we, we add the concussion into the mix, and it, it really causes problems. So if we look at Steve, we, we look at his symptom complex, we can see how symptomatic he really is. He's still graded to be a 6 in headache with nausea and vomiting. He still has a 6 out of 6 in falling asleep relatively good with respect to his vision that is zero that means he hasn't had a problem with the brainstem area or his optic nerves or his occipital part of the brain which is the back part of the brain so that's that's a good thing and emotionally speaking he's at a pretty even keel with a little bit of sadness and frustration which is natural when you lose your ability to work when you require many treatments to see doctors, and when you require medications. And before this concussion, he was formerly extremely healthy. So in any event, you've now understood what it's like to be in the doctor's office, to actually interview a patient, and to go over the impact testing, which is software developed at the University of Pittsburgh. Kudos go to Dr. Mickey Collins and his staff for developing and servicing the software, And allowing us to utilize it. And we're happy to certainly uh, speak about that software today. So, I want to thank you all for listening to this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc.
0: Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportstalk.com. Now back to the show
1: welcome to the fourth and final segment of bruce the sports doc there's a flurry of transactions in the nfl and we're here to bring you up to date with them as always our analyst spencer the wizard is here to discuss the so many exciting transactions
2: been a busy day. I, I thought I was just cool for one segment, but uh, I guess I just have to come back because my phone has been buzzing off the wazoo with vibration and of breaking news. So uh, so let's get to it. News from Chicago. Roy Williams and Marion Barber are going to be Chicago Bears as they come. From Dallas, and they are moving up north to the land of Oprah Winfrey in Chicago. Now from New York, Plexico Burris has signed with the New York football G- Jets. Not the Giants, but the New York Jets have signed Burris to a one-year $3 million deal, and he will likely replace Braylon Edwards on the outside. It will be him and Holmes. As the receiving corpse for the New York Jets. The Philadelphia Eagles are acting a lot like the Miami Heat of last year. They have signed five big boys. The biggest dog in the pack that is heading to Philadelphia has to be... Naomi Ashamwa. Cornerback that played for the Oakland Raiders last year. Arguably the second best cornerback in the league... To Darrell Revis. This guy is an absolute ball hawking cornerback. He is a stud. Then they got the flashy. Almost as flashy as Brett Favre, but his name is Vincent Young. He is headed down to Philadelphia and... And it's just been official. The trade has been completed. Kevin Cobb has been sent from Philly. He is headed to Flagstaff right now for training camp with the Arizona Cardinals. The Eagles have got Antonio. No, excuse me. His brother, Dominique Rogers Cromarty is headed up to Lehigh University. He is joining the Eagles, and the Eagles will be receiving a second round draft pick. Jason Babin from Tennessee is also coming up with his boy, Vince Young. He is headed to Lehigh University. And Colin Jenkins from the Super Bowl champion, Green Bay Packers. He is headed down, or excuse me, he is headed up to the city of Beverly Love. News from Oakland and Al Davis. He has been very quiet during this summer of 2011. But he has Trent, the boy Edwards, who's coming in and...
1: The reason he's very quiet is he's very old.
2: Okay, and we have Kevin, Kevin. Okay, I mentioned him, but then we have another old guy, Todd Heap. But Todd Heap can still play some football, and um, and he's headed down the Flagstaff, Arizona, with Kevin Cobb. In Seattle, we now have two bums headed towards uh, Pete Carroll's way. We have Tavares Jackson, and then we have the partier himself, Matt Leinert. We have Carroll and Matt Leinert, USC frat boys. They're getting back together. Then we have Reggie Babushka. He is headed to the Miami Dolphins. He is the former ex of of kim kardashian but he is headed down the south beach and i'm sure there's some tail that he could still capture there and matt moore from the carolina panthers is headed down to the dolphins and i am out of breath so i'm gonna pass it back to the studio bruce the sports doc help me out man
1: well i'm taking a look at this transaction list and i'm really surprised that the eagles now have three cornerbacks the question is what are they going to do with Asante? They've got Rogers Cromartie. They just picked up Asibwa, who's arguably the best free agent, the most coveted free agent. They basically edged out the Cowboys and the Jets. And the question is, will the Eagles go with three cornerbacks or will they trade for a need? They still need a middle linebacker. And they have Casey Matthews, their fourth-round draft choice, is a bit undersized with very good bloodlines. But we look at the linebacking crew is very young. We also look at the offensive line. We've got a banged-up Winston Justice, who even in his best day at times represents uh, what we would call best a matador. So we need somebody to protect Michael Vick's blind side. Are they going to pick up? Another free agent? There will be additional cuts. The Eagles have done very well with that. Or will they trade a satay? The word from his agent is that he wants to stay with the Eagles, and the Eagles are looking a lot like the Philadelphia Phillies. That is, they're making some great transactions. Apparently, Joe Banner has lost the nickname Joe Nichols Banner. Plexico Burris looks like he's going to be doing sub- of the high flying and he'll be doing that famous end zone route with Mark Sanchez and the Jets. Brillant Edwards is still like a dog looking for a bone, otherwise known as a team. A I'm really surprised I'm really surprised that Kevin Boss, who I believe to be a pillar at the tight end position for the Giants, remains unsigned and that would surprise me if the Giants let him go. The Giants have been very quiet during free agency, and it appears that the Eagles have been making a big dent. Spencer, obviously we we heard the, the Wire report. Could you give us a bit of an in-depth analysis of some of these major transactions? Well, the New York Giants, you know, I believe that they're, they're really the
2: um, – are really the big losers of this free agent um, period, uh, with regards to Plexico Burris, You know they didn't get out, they didn't um, go out and get a linebacker which they desperately needed. Uh, O.C. Minura is coming back, but Kevin Boss is also their starting tight end, and I don't even know who their backup tight end is going to be if Kevin Boss, this, you know, is not a New York Giant next year. So they have to get on to signing him right away. The Eagles have made a lot of great transactions, but Casey Matthews at middle linebacker is not going to cut it. I mean, there's a reason that this guy went in the fourth round. He, he's no clay. He, he, you know, he's just, he's undersized. Um, he, he was pretty solid last year for the, uh, for the Oregon Ducks, but he's a rookie and he, he could actually fill out and be a pretty solid NFL player or a pretty good NFL player, but, he, you know, they need to get someone in there. They need to get a veteran guy that, um, they could really pick up the slack. And, uh, you know, Mofu Tutupu, who is, uh, oh, that's hard to say. He's from Seattle, um, and he's actually a free agent. That would not be a bad idea just to sign him and he can mentor, uh, Casey Matthews. I think they would get along. Um, and then, you know, you look at the Jets and, and Plexico Burris for one year, uh, He was their second choice because they obviously wanted Braylon, and Braylon has a great rep with the Jets. His personality fits in with Mark Sanchez, Santonio Holmes. Everybody likes Braylon Edwards there in New York um, for the Jets uh Plexigo can hopefully fill in and uh, get some work done for them and uh it, it still was a pretty cool signing to have him for a year and uh and this this is really the year that the uh, Jets and the Eagles this year are really stacking the box it's really now or never with the signings of Babin um the the Eagles and Jets have just gone
1: wild and um and this is really their shot this year not to be outdone the Philadelphia Phillies are absolutely loaded with the five aces and by that I mean Cliff Lee, Doc Holliday, Cole Hamels, Roy Oswalt and again today another win by Vince Worley, the five great starters. They just pulled off the coup of all coups, Ed Wade who I believe deserves a World Series ring. If the Phillies win again this year, because he's been kind enough to uh, send us Roy Oswalt, Brad Lidge, and now started right field Hunter Pence, six foot four, two hundred twenty pounds, with a lifetime batting average of three hundred two, and this is a thrilling acquisition for the Phillies. And the best thing is they didn't have to unload either Dominic Brown or Vance Worley, and frankly. They, they let go a, a single-A pitching prospect and a first baseman who never would play, uh, given Ryan Howard's uh, contract situation, and two other minor league players. So this was a tremendous deal for the Phillies. They look fully loaded. They set Dominic Brown back down to AAA, Reading, and it remains to be seen what will happen next year. A Bañez just had a career day, beating the Pittsburgh Pirates almost single-handedly. Two, ro- two home runs and a walk-off double for Raul Abanez, a big fan favorite. So here, the Phillies are just acting like the New York Yankees, and it's very exciting to be here in the city of brotherly love.
2: So the Philadelphia Phillies, it's really make or break for them. I believe they have all the tools to get to the World Series. They have question marks. The only question marks really is where Brad Lidge will end up being. I think it's just a respect thing that he's, that he's actually playing baseball for the Phillies right now because he's been shaky. He let up a couple runs today, and you just don't know what you're going to see from Lidge. He's kind of getting older, and... Um, The young guys, Bastardo and Stutes, have been pretty flawless. And baseball is a game where, especially as a pitcher, um, your arm, you know, if you're a young guy, especially in a relieving, you know, as a reliever, you have that pop on your pitch. And um, Brad Lidge has been around a while. A lot of teams have figured him out um one thing is uh, Roy Oswald too is he going to come back in the playoffs because Roy Oswald is a prime time performer he wants to get his first um, World Series ring and last year he was a great boost for the Phillies in the postseason and then Vance Worley um will he relieve um will he be a reliever or do you think he will be a starter um I know he's only pitched eight games nine games so you know, throwing a rookie into the playoffs, uh, if you're the Phillies, that that's a question, Mark, what you're going to decide to do with him. And of course the San Francisco Giants are still the top dogs. They still came in here last week and, and beat and held the Phillies to one run on two occasions out of the three games, still beat them two to one in the series. So the Arch nemesis in San in San Francisco, uh With Tim Lincecum, not even healthy. They still, uh, they still manage. So, uh, the Phillies now have Hunter Pence though, an amazing deal. He's just Mr. Everything. Um, he's even compared to Sean Marion because Sean Marion, he's just a scrapper. He'll, uh, he'll get out there. He'll, he'll do things for the team that won't even show up on the stats. Hunter Pence will do that too. He's a great personality to have. He's really hungry and he's really was, um, he was really gracious to be a Philadelphia Philly, and he understands how great the moment was. And in Houston, um, Houston hasn't even been in contention, so he was just so grateful. And um, and he he's a great. He hustles on the field, and he he can hit really. He, he's a singles and doubles hitter, consistent. He'll get on base and uh, let Howard free up for some uh, for some big blasts.
1: Well, we also look at. Late transactions before the trading deadline. Carlos Beltran, again, adds some hitting to the San Francisco Giants. This looks like a rental. He's leaving the Mets, though he will be a free agent after the year. So he'll be trying to establish himself uh, with respect to uh, his ability to stay healthy. And obviously, between Matt Cain and Lincecum and the relief of the Giants. It certainly looks like it's going to be a clash of titans at the end between the Phillies and the Giants, with the uh, Atlanta Braves looking like they're going to take the wild card spot. They've essentially been winning the games. Uh, they've been going toe-to-toe with the Phillies. The Braves certainly have a great relieving staff. I don't believe they're hitting quite matches up to the Phillies, and obviously nobody has starting pitchers like the what we call the five aces. So it's really been an exciting time for transactions in both the NFL. Now that the lockout is over, there's still a lot more to be done. There's still a lot of free agents out there who remain to be signed. There're still obviously a lot of cuts that will be that will come down. Deshaun Jackson is reported to come back this week either Monday or Tuesday with the Eagles. There's really a disincentive this year to hold out. There's a new uh, clause of the collective bargaining agreement, which essentially states that, uh, paci- that patients, I should say, getting back to sports medicine, that the players will be fined $30,000 a day. So that's very prohibit- prohibitive. And in any event, uh, again, we wanted to thank Spencer for being the analyst. And again, we want to thank you for joining in with Bruce's Sports Doc. And as we always conclude the show, Go ahead and work out.
0: Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then.